Hey, this is Kim Davis, and this is one in a series of podcasts called Spotlight on Opstars, where we're talking about RevOps, the category, and all things about it. And my guest on this podcast is Craig Rosenberg, who's co-founder and chief analyst at Topo. Welcome, Craig. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited to hang out with you and talk... Uh Talk what revenue ops and CX. Revenue so. ops and CX. Yep. Um, and I know one of the things you're, you're speaking about at Opstars are the requirements you need to have in place for doing really effective CX in the B2B space. And I think this is an amazing development we've been witnessing over the last couple of years. That CX isn't just about uh, B2C and retail and all that kind of thing. It's really taking over in B2B as well. So let's start off by talking about customer experience. In a world where everything is commoditized, that's a real differentiator now. Yeah, yeah. I'm just glad you said that. I was going to say, can we just leave it at that? Because you're right. Like It's been an, a great development for B2B, right? To follow the B2C folks into the fray and commoditization's driven that. But so for we, I mean, that has been a welcome development. I think we're still in a work in process. You know, I mean, you, you're in the game, so you know for the same thing I know, which is B2B still wrapping their hands around it. Yeah. And we have some unique, uh, there's uniqueness, right? Because it's a digital and human experience. Almost the entire, you know, you know, there's digital in the front, but then the rest of the way, it's a combination of digital and human and all these different routes we go. But for us, we feel like um, uh, B2B CX is based on five things, which is relevance, responsiveness, right? So can you make your ex- the experience fast and easy, which we learned from B2C, right? Yeah. They continue to innovate there. Uh, predictable, um, high value, which is really big in B2B, right? Because there's so much noise. Uh, can you deliver value in every touch that you deliver. It doesn't have to be this this big song and dance, but we have to think about what does that interaction and engagement that we have with a potential customer and a customer, how does that deliver value to them? And then the final one is guided because um, we're talking like, let's say it's a B2B sale that's six to nine months. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you and I both know it's longer than that because yeah. there's years of just learning. I mean, your experience starts years before that. And how do we design a journey that helps move people um, you know, along, their, uh, along a buying journey and a customer journey that makes sense for them. And that's how we think about it. Okay. And one of the key things you talk about is the go-to-market fit. Mm-hmm. So maybe you could explain what that means. Well, I think one of the things that... Uh, well, first of all, I think... I don't know if you'd agree with me. I've I got to hear your opinion. I do think... Uh, B2B continues to get, I don't know, I don't know, it's not just innovative, but I think we're like more realistic, a little bit smarter about how we think about go to market, right? Okay. And um, so if you're going to do proper CX, you have to make a decision on what your go to market strategy will be against a particular segment of customer. And what that means is uh, many people think of an overall go to market, but that go to market actually may have different ways that you go to market based on the segment. So like an easy way we think about it is the difference between a volume and velocity, maybe an SMB type of play where it's a broad market, low ACV, low, I mean, contract value, uh, less complex sale. You're going to do things differently there. You're going to be heavily digital right? Uh, versus like an account based or a highly targeted where your target market is narrow. Uh, your your contract value should be higher. It might be harder, right, to yeah. do a deal. It might be harder to implement. Those are two different things. And I think what we did have over the last 20 years was we had 
everyone uh, initially I thought we were amazing. Like we all tried to do you know waterfalls and very highly yeah. regimented uh, things. That was great. And it still works today. But then we realized, oh, gosh, we have these more complex big customers. So we'll do account-based. And then now we're finally in a good place where it's not one or the other. It's, it can be both, right? And if we look at our numbers, like account-based is 30% of people's go-to-market. And uh, that's, that just tells you that 70% is a different one, you know, maybe volume and velocity, mm-hmm. which is what we call it, and 30% is targeted. I'll give you an example. We just uh, met with a customer multi multi billion dollar 42 product lines and his job was to come in and fix because they tried to put everyone in the same go-to-market right and it just was a disaster and so what he did was he said there's four different go-to-markets for each of your products choose one and now we can design the right cx for the customer as a result and so for us that's a really big thing is to determine uh who is the customer and it's okay if you have different segments in your org, most likely if you're more than 20 million in revenue, mm. you have different, you're going to have two different, maybe three different go to market strategies based on the segment. Yeah, and it's not one CX fits all. You're going no, to that's it in a completely different way. Yeah. <laughs> that's so important. I mean, if we just took, uh, well, one CX doesn't fit all is well said, right? Because yeah. in a volume game, we can't do what we have to do for someone who's going to spend a million bucks. You know what I mean? It's going to be different. So, okay, totally agree. So, why is the brand promise so important? The power of B two B branding. So, I I don't know. You know, you you probably you've been in the game too. It's like, uh, didn't it feel like we forsake brand for demand gen for a while? Okay, I don't know if you agree with me, but every you know, look at the CMOS. They're all metrics driven, joysticks, you know, uh, MQLs, and those are great, right? We need that. But, but the brand, um, we just didn't talk about it as much. I think people papooed it. I think when we graded a CMO, we looked at their ability to create demand. Um, not, not B2C, right? Um, and again, we're learning from B2C. If we look, the strong brands globally, they're the ones who win. And in B2B today, when it's so competitive, um, it's not just competitive. The innovation um, in terms of product like product matching, feature matching happens so quickly that you can't just win on product. You have to be perceived as and looked at as the leader of that particular segment. And I say that purposely because you can be the leader of the entire market, right? And that's like a runaway leader horizontally viewed yeah. as the strong brand. Or you could be like a like an infor, right? They're just great in their verticals that they care about, right? Uh, you know, I think it's like retail and a couple of where they have just they have built their brand against this segment. Whatever it is, you need that because it's too hard for buyers to make decisions now. Remember, we thought that the buyers would be sixty percent down the buying cycle and be highly educated and walk in and say, "I want that" because I know everything. <laughs> Instead, they don't know anything. It's so hard, and so they're going to gravitate to great brands. And so, the ability to build the brand, the role of the CMO. Is uh, is is becoming heightened. Like we need that brand to win, and uh, I think it's awesome. I just feel like uh, that's marketing again. Yeah, it's a revolutionary idea in some ways, isn't it? Because we've, we've got accustomed to the notion of B two C brands having a relationship with them, almost a personal relationship. You're loyal to the brands that oh, yeah. really fit into your life. Yeah. Now you're suggesting that B two B brands need to think the same way. I agree. Yeah, I mean, you got, and you said it in an even different way than I was thinking about it in just consideration cycles. What you're saying is um, 
this long-term relationship with the company uh, is so it's key to everything. If you think every the world's going SaaS, yeah. how's it meaning like a microwave company looking to make it into a SaaS product? Right, mm-hmm. they make microwaves. Everyone wants SaaS in the world of SaaS, man. You got to build that relationship, and that brand's got to draw to you, and they got to believe that that, you, that is who they are. That that's, you're part. Of, they want to be part of that brand's community. Yeah, and that's huge. So I, I agree. That's a really good point. Okay, let's look at the customer journey. That's obviously something you really need to understand and have some kind of idea of where you're going if you're going to do CX. Um, but as we both know, it's far from a simple linear journey. Now it's all over the place. So talk about that. Well, I mean, I, well, first of all, I would say I do feel like in, we've been so uh, focused on the deal. If you type in buyer journey on Google for B2B, yeah. it's all, it all gets you to the first deal. That's it. It's not a customer journey. Right. It's a deal journey, right? Uh, so that's the first thing, man, is we got to go say, well, what is the lifetime going to look like? And that's complex. And then the second part, as you said, is... It's a choose your own adventure and we have to just, we don't have to account for everything, but we should be, you know, we should be agile and sort of how we look at the different things that might happen in each step of the way. Um, one thing I learned from uh, Rachel McCready here at Lean Data is mm-hmm. she said, look, you're going to look at the customer journey and you got to choose the milestones you're going to focus on because there's a million. Yeah. There's a million touch points. Just choose the five that make the biggest. And if data can tell you what those are, then great. Um, but yeah, and then when you choose those five, let's say it's five, uh, then we have to account for, as you said, the just matrix journey that happens with the customer. And not, you know, we want to create platforms so that we can handle different situations. Um, not try to, we don't have to draw six million journeys, but we need to build a platform that allows us to handle the different ways that a customer might react to each milestone. Yeah, so obviously with each customer and the different journeys they can make, it's not about folk trying to focus on every touch point, it's looking for the impactful ones, the yeah. ones which make a difference. Yeah, I wish that we could do every, it's fun <laughs> to do every touch point. I had uh, a customer do the customer journey and she was, she's just one of those brilliant young ladies and um, she outlined every touch you wow. should have seen this thing it wasn't you couldn't do a piece of paper right I mean right. it was like a thing around the wall and uh, it was eye opening um, what was more eye opening though was to as you know is to say well look these are all important but like let's just focus in on you know where does the where's the sort of uh, fork in the road yeah. and uh, and so yeah that that's really key you can't be effective if you try to do them all Okay, so let's bring this to, I guess, the point I was heading to, which is RevOps or Revenue Ops. Mm-hmm. Um, not a completely new category, but a category which seems to me to be attaining some maturity now. Yeah. How does RevOps, perhaps you could start off by giving me your own definition of it, and then explain how this helps with the things we've been talking about. Yeah, so we think about it as the function... And I want to make sure we talk about that. That designs, manages, and tracks non-product experiences across the entire life cycle. And uh, and by the way, really important here, um, we see lots of different flavors, right? The most important thing 
is that um, we want to be able to sort of have an organization that becomes a horizontal platform that allows us to deliver against the entire journey. Right. When we looked at, you remember, you know, I'm sure you've had a million articles on alignment. Right? Yeah, sure. Marketing sales alignment. Yes. Yeah. It was always between executives. Mm-hmm. And then we said, okay, well, we got to make sure that the folks working do it. But then we didn't realize, what about operational alignment? We just never, like that, how did that get lost? And now that we're trying to deliver against a journey, you can't, you just can't do it. Now, does that mean you have to have rev ops and they take over everything? I think that's hard for people to chew, but, uh, but you need you need something. You either need that role, which is a very powerful role and very and important, or you need um, like a center of excellence, a working group. Uh, someone has to own the revenue ops framework, and there might be different ops teams that sort of connect to it. But uh, but you just need to be able to look and view operations as a horizontal feature. And the most important parts of that are data. Yeah, man. I mean, data. The tech platform supporting the data. And then, you know, process and workflows, like how do they all tie together? And, tie, and then how can we, from an organization, look at the entire journey from a measurement perspective? You know, talk about alignment. Do you know how many times a company has told me that what, part of the fight is that marketing has their own numbers and sales has yes, their own indeed. numbers? Yes. I mean, what the heck? Yes. That's not alignment. No. And we have to decide how we're going to look at the whole journey. And someone should own that. Yeah. And it seems to me where this comes from is that at the end of the day, it doesn't matter which function you're in, you're supposed to be driving revenue. So you, you should all be driving down the same road, yeah? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I know. And the good news is, is that um, you know, from a tech provider perspective, we, we're really focused on net new revenue. And now the boards and the exec level are looking at lifetime value. And so if we, if we say first, well, look, shouldn't we all be going to revenue? Yes. Then we say, but shouldn't we all be striving for maximizing lifetime value? Then we all get focused on the right things. And that's, that's B2B CX. Okay. And just to finish off, say a word about what Topo is doing in the space. How are you actually developing these ideas? Yeah. So, um, well, thank you. Um, so we're a research advisory firm. And what we're doing today um, is we are... Uh, working with CMOs primarily on CX um, because they're the ones who are drive. They are they are the ones most likely to drive the whole vision. Yeah, they really are. And so right now we feel like um, the markets and education phase. Uh, we do a lot of work where we're trying to bring executives in the room and have that conversation. We think revenue ops, at least bringing two groups together is a win now. Yeah. And so that's something sort of operationally that we're focused on. We definitely see the ability, you know, look, B2B CX, everyone wants to do it. It's mm-hmm. hard to wrap your hands around, right? Because right. you go, we're going to go do B2B CX. Where's the number? Where's the number, right? Uh, RevOps, though, if you just say, hey, we're just going to tie marketing and sales development or marketing and sales together, we could start with that. And that's, that's wins that we can do in a quarter or two. And so, you know, for us, we sort of have two things happening. We're educating the market on B2B CX, and CMOs want that, right? Because yeah. they go to the same conferences as the B2C folks. They've been going, sure. and these guys have been talking about CX for like 10 years. Where am I? Uh, and then, but on the RevOps side, really operationally, a lot of it being driven through the sales and sales operations practices that we have today. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's really about, you know, initially just alignment, um, but also there's some hard decisions on how you're going to organize. 
Um, and so, you know, working with customers to go do that. Uh, we create research, um, but right now what we're doing a lot of is uh, actually just hand-to-hand working with clients and seeing what's working and what's not working so that we can, uh, you know, put together research that makes the right recommendations, not just our theory on what's going to happen. So we're in the mix, just figuring out what's happening. We'll continue to create materials along the way, but uh, in the near term, just in the mix, talking to customers as they attempt change management here and learning what's working and what's not. Okay, well, great education for us today. Craig, thanks for joining us. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me.